This is Cast Club Radio. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling. On Cast Club Radio, we believe every spirit has a story. And stories like good drinks are always better when shared with friends. Each week, we'll explore the intersection of cocktails, spirits, beer, wine, and life. It's Cast Club Radio. Here's your hosts, Lydia Cruz and Justin Stiefel. Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Cast Club Radio. Thanks so much for hanging out with us this afternoon, just a few days away from Christmas here, getting all the last-minute preparations in. Of course, my name is Lydia Cruz. And I'm Justin Stiefel. And I'm Maura Dooley. You guys ready? You guys all set for Christmas? I know I've been asking you every week, but I, I, I want to make sure. I'm set. Thank you, Amazon. I know. I, you were, Justin, you were way ahead of the, the crew. I know you and Jennifer, you don't procrastinate. You're like, she she was done almost like after Thanksgiving, right? Uh, she was done with quite a few gifts before Thanksgiving. She will. <laughs> my wife uh, is an amazing organizer, and there are times where she spots items on sale in May and June and July, and she buys those and scrolls those away for Christmas. Good for her. And Maura, did you get Pretty your amazing. family all all set? Yeah, I think so. I I think I'm all done. I kept it small this year. I didn't I didn't go too far outside yes. of my family. That's nice. <laughs> but I'm all set. Sometimes it's it's okay. It's the simple things that matter and spending time with people. But of course, if you are looking for that last minute gift, we just want to remind you there's plenty of great gifts that you can find at uh, one of Heritage Distilling's locations. Just hop into one of the tasting rooms. That's right. We've got six tasting rooms in and around the Northwest. And if you can't get to a tasting room, you can always go online and buy a gift card, a gift certificate for somebody. You can buy them a membership in the Cast Club. You can buy them uh, a ticket to enter one of our uh, My Batch sessions, which is uh, something we do a couple times a month to let people come in and make whiskey or gin or vodka on the stills. And uh, if you happen to go into one of the tasting rooms, we've got great whiskey gift box sets. Uh, we've got of course, the Cash Club and, and Spirits Club memberships. Great customized cocktail gift sets we can build for you. Our staff will build them right then and there while you're waiting. So if you have a Bloody Mary fan, they'll build, build you an amazing Bloody Mary gift set. If you have someone who wants uh, lavender lemon drops or Moscow mules or any kind of martini, we have all the stuff that goes into making the complete cocktail. Oh, that's awesome. I and, love uh, that. Yeah. Staff is great at doing that. And, of course, you know, while you're there waiting for your custom box to be built, uh, you can get a sample or a small cocktail, and we'll we'll serve that up for you. So uh, we're excited. And this year we had 13,000 Advent calendars, and we're down to uh, literally uh, the last 10 or, or so Advent calendars as of this morning in the tasting room. So they are almost all gone. But you still can get your hands on some of that amazing eggnog, which is all organic and all made locally. Yeah, it sounds great. Well, what about for the friends who might not be uh, alcohol inclined? There's this pretty interesting gift that you might consider. Maybe they're foodies. Maybe they're people uh, who love food that you could get this for them. Well, we saw this on the interwebs uh, this week, and our friends at KFC, who are geniuses at marketing, shall I say, they came up with a KFC fire log to fill hearth and home with a smell of fried chicken. So if you've gone to a grocery store or Home Depot and you buy the compressed fire logs with the paper around them and you put those in your fireplace or fire pit and you light the paper and it, and it starts the fire for you, our friends at KFC have taken that, this concept, and they've put 11 herbs and spices into the fire log, wrapped it with paper that has all the branding of KFC, and uh, they're offering these up for eighteen ninety nine for you to take home and light a fire. And uh, these are going to be awesome gag gifts. Uh, don't eat them. 
<laughs> no, Don't even lick them. I have not yet gotten my hands on them. Every time I go to a KFC, they're sold out and all gone. That's what our they're coworker G. Scott just told us. <clears throat> yeah. He tried and it was yeah. sold out. Yeah. So every fire log, KFC fire log, is made from 100% recycled materials. It'll burn uh, two and a half to three hours, just like a regular compressed fire log. And um, that's probably about as long as you want to stay at your parents' or in-laws' house anyway on, on Christmas Day. So bring <laughs> the fire log if you can find one. Light it on fire, and by the time it's ready to go out, it's time for you to get home. <laughs> Perfect. You can try it out with uh, some of the gravy cocktails that we talked about earlier oh, in the year. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine lighting this thing in your house if you have a dog? The dog will go crazy wondering oh, where the fried chicken is. Where's it at? Can't find the fried chicken. <laughs> so uh, if anybody gets their hands on one of these, you know, you don't have to cook the whole thing either or, or light it. You can you can cut off a small little piece of the compressed fire log and put it in a Ziploc baggie and just save it. And every once in a while, open it up and, you know, take in a, a whiff of that great 11 herbs and spices. So <laughs> fun stuff this holiday season. Absolutely. What else is going on in the headlines this week? Well, our friends at Google, uh, you know, they're always busy doing stuff. And they came up with what they think is the most Instagrammable cocktail based on metrics that they put on for searches on the web. And uh, this comes from the drinks business. They, uh, Google uses the power of social media to create cocktails that it believes will be the most shareable. That's tapping into what they refer to as the cocktail zeitgeist. The study uh, took 10,000 of the most engaging Instagram posts featuring the hashtag cocktail. They then commissioned Google to mark it alongside the release of the new Pixel 3 smartphone. So part of this also was for them to sell the phone prior to Christmas. According to the team, the hashtags pink, neon, gluten-free, and vegan were among the most popular in the search engine this year. Uh, when attached to cocktails and uh, sharing across social media with Instagram and Facebook, uh, it also incorporated ingredients like lemon, elderflower, and smoke. So those all were keywords driving uh, viewer search habits. They then came up with this thing called the Not Pink Drink, and it has lemons, uh, it's got macaroons, it's got elderflowers, and uh, we will post a uh, photo of it. It's made with Bombay Sapphire Gin, or seed lip spice. It has a little bit of elderflower liqueur from uh, St. Germain or an elderflower cordial if you find that. And a few other items that are found around the house plus a dash of tonic water. So this is called the Not Pink Drink. It's, it looks good and I can see why people uh, would share it on <laughs> social media. I guess it's more about the hashtags because I, I'm not going to lie, I expected it to look a little more stunning visually. It's just kind of bright purple and then they put some pink macaroons <clears throat> on a skewer. I would still eat think, it slash uh, drink it. Yeah, it's that shareable yeah. aspect that we talk. I mean, that we uh, we've talked about several times. And how can you just sort of take a look at what's branding right now and and what is so popular? But I, I think I think is an interesting experiment to take all the most popular uh, searchable hashtags. But who knows if together they create something that you'd actually want to consume? Who knows? Lastly, since Christmas is around the corner, and then New Year's Eve follows a week later, wine is. The most popular gift, and I assume that you will, both Mara and Lydia, will be getting and giving bottles of wine this year to friends and family, if you're like anybody else. But a third of people are going to re-gift their bottles of wine Aww. that they get. And I have to admit, I have done that from time to time, especially <laughs> if uh, somebody drops by the house unanticipated and you uh, scrambling and you say, oh, I, mm -hmm. have, I happen to have this great bottle of wine. I wouldn't be too insulted by that because ultimately it's still getting uh, consumed, you would hope, and that also 
it's sort of giving that person a joy in another way because giving a gift does feel very good. But yeah, it, it, at first, if you really took the time to think of the person and pick out that specific wine, or if you brought it back from somewhere, somewhere on your travels or something like that, and there was actually a, a huge story to go with it, then I might understand. But I'm, I would just be glad that it's it's getting shared and it's getting drank by someone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some interesting stats here. Uh, uh, this survey is put together by uh, Bordeaux Wines, which is a collection out of France. Uh, the average person this year will receive four bottles of wine throughout the Christmas period as gifts. I hope so. Um, yeah. The average person gives away an average of three bottles of wine. That's an interesting, um, interesting stat. Well, Lydia and I haven't received any wine yet, so everyone that might be buying uh. for us, you're... Your four bottles Let's behind. Let's go. You're on the no. clock. <laughs> <laughs> Have you given away your requisite three bottles of wine yet? No, also not true. So, yeah, I, I, okay. that's probably got to give a little to get, get a go. little. <laughs> there you go. Well, coming up on Cast Club Radio, we're inching ever closer to the end of 2018 and putting a bow on it and looking ahead to 2019, particularly what might be some of the biggest drinking trends in 2019. You'll want to stay tuned for that. That's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Thanks again for joining us on this fine Saturday, December 22nd. Looking ahead now as we wind down this month and past the holidays to 2019, not that far off, and sort of some of the drinking trends that might emerge in 2019. We've got a couple of uh, of possibilities thanks to PR Newswire. Yeah, so the friends at PR Newswire came up with this uh, article called Drinking Trends to Follow in 2019. We try to stay ahead of where things are and where they've been here on Cast Club Radio, so we thought going into the new year this is a good uh, entree into what might be happening. So uh, first up on the list, bartenders from more than 56 countries are going to Berlin for the 10th anniversary of World Class. It's called, that is the event. It's called World Class. It's one of the biggest bartending competitions nation, nationwide. The result is a cocktail renaissance with a new emphasis on quality over quantity, which is really interesting. Typically, you uh, don't don't hear about a lot of cocktail stuff being driven out of uh, that part of Europe. A lot of times a cocktail uh, scene is coming out of New York, Paris, and uh, Los Angeles or San Francisco. So for Berlin to be on top of it, that's a big deal. Um, next up on the list, low and no alcohol cocktails or what we might uh, refer to as mocktails. Have, have either of you seen these on your local menus when you go to bars or restaurants? Yeah, I know. I went to the Thompson Hotel. The, I think it's called The Nest that they have up top there. It's, mm-hmm. it's got a gorgeous yep. view of the Seattle skyline. And I know um, when I went there with a friend in the summer that wasn't drinking, they had a really great list of mocktails. That's awesome. I haven't experienced yeah. them too much yeah. yet, or maybe it's because my eyes immediately go to the, to the liquor yeah. section of the menu, but <laughs> I will pay attention. I'll be more aware of them moving forward, I'm sure. Yeah, if you think about Big national chains like Red Robin or Applebee's or uh, Outback Steakhouse, or they've got even Buffalo Wild Wings. You know, they've got several hundred or even a thousand or more locations. When you begin to see a section on the menu that says mocktails or low alcohol cocktails, you can tell that they are responding to what consumers are asking for. So, what you're seeing here in 2019, according to PR Newswire, is a uh, non-alcoholic spirit called Seedlip has gone from uh, just an infant company in its launch to 2016 
uh, up to being very highly rated and highly sought after as a alcohol alternative for cocktails. Uh, women are especially driving this because they're wanting lower calories and uh, items that don't have artificial sweeteners in them. They want natural items. Kettle One released this year a line of flavored vodkas that they call botanical, so there's no artificial flavors. Uh, the packaging is quite beautiful, and uh, this year they've seen a, a tremendous growth in that launch of that brand and those three flavored vodkas uh, since just this summer. And of course, you if you are making a mocktail or a low alcohol cocktail, you really have to rely on the other ingredients to create the flavor profile of the cocktail. Uh, in a traditional cocktail, the flavor of the underlying alcohol or spirit is really what will drive the rest of the balance. But if you're using no alcohol at all, then the rest of the ingredients really have to shine through. And so that will uh, elevate the uh, skill requirement for the bartenders locally to uh, be able to meet consumer demand to offer high-quality cocktails. It'll be interesting to watch. I love this quote from uh, Claire Smith-Warner about uh, there's a growing awareness of cocktails as experiences that are as intricate and thoughtful as meals, and it's not about replacing alcoholic cocktails altogether, because as we know, that's probably never going away, but it's about bartenders experimenting and adding more low ABV options to their repertoire. Exactly, exactly. And this is just, again, the restaurants and bartenders responding to what the consumer is asking for. <clears throat> we, I tell this to my staff all the time at, at Heritage Distilling. A customer may lie to you, but the consumer never lies. The consumer <laughs> as a whole, mm-hmm. out there making decisions as a collective, individual decisions, leads to trends, and that consumer decision-making tells you where you need to go as a company or as a service provider. So again, the consumer will never lie. Uh, Next up on the list here, hashtag my cocktail. Cocktail culture has skyrocketed, and today any mixologist can whip up an array of complicated cocktails at the drop of the hat. Many people are turning to social media uh, to create what they call drinkstagrammers, where they are bringing a fresh vibrancy to cocktail making and then reaching audiences uh, that have never been involved before. And so you're seeing people who are on the receiving end of these photos and short videos on cocktail making, and they then are, are seeing that, and it's inspiring them to get into attempting to make cocktails on their own. So in 2019, one of the items PR Newswire says we're going to see is that drinks have to look as good as they taste. If they have that same look and appearance, then they will be shared more frequently on social media, and that then will attract a younger generation of consumer, anybody who's over 21, and this is what the big... Uh, international global spirits houses are hoping for is to figure out how to attract that younger consumer who's going to be a consumer of their products over the next 40 years. Yeah, a lot of the bloggers that we've talked to, we've discussed with them how they almost have to learn how to become either food stylist or drink stylist mm-hmm. and good photographers as well because when you're doing that that drinkstagramming, it needs to, like you mentioned, look really, really appealing. And like the ABV the- cocktails that are low or without alcohol, I don't think that the looks or aesthetics will ever replace flavor in terms of how things, you know, the attractiveness of something, but I definitely think uh, it matters and it will get people to at least try your cocktail. If it then doesn't taste well, Will it get them to keep making it? No, but I agree that the visual presentation is at least to get their foot in the door and to get them coming back and at least trying things. It's really important. Yep, I agree. Next up on the list is sustaining the momentum, and and this is where the drinks industry is in the throes of really trying to take a lead in the anti-waste movement. Consumers are increasingly concerned about social responsibility. We've talked about this on the show repeatedly about plastic straw bands and single-use plastic. 73% of millennials express a willingness to spend more money 
on products from sustainable brands and um, more of a willingness to select those brands over others. And top bars are now going above and beyond to reduce waste, including, as we've talked about on the show, scrapping some of the perishables and turning leftovers into innovative, eco-friendly cocktails, including in some cases like Kellogg's, where they took the cornflakes and they uh, gave it to the brewery and had the brewery um, mixed into the mash to reduce that waste. And we have talked on this show about some of the other innovative products of the dried uh, garnishes that'll last a year or longer, like the lemon rinds and lemon wheels, mm-hmm. because uh, they get reconstituted when you put them in the cocktail and uh, they eliminate waste that way. So we're seeing this even in the distilleries uh, where we operate, uh, that this drive to reduce waste uh, is great for the bottom line and it's good for the environment and for what the consumer wants. Absolutely. The next couple of things on this list are really related to the flavors and the ingredients used in the cocktails as well. Yeah, the first is sour. People are moving more towards sour. Uh, that that uh, flavor profile is really starting to emerge. You're seeing sour beers at a lot of the local craft breweries. Uh, Sonic Drive-In even offered a pickled uh, juice slushy this summer. So uh, sour is driving a lot of that. The other is trending fruit flavors, unique fruits, fruits that are interesting, cactuses especially getting very popular in some of the bar menus. Uh, unique varieties of citrus like Meyer lemon and blood orange. Blood orange is very hot this time of year. And finally, younger consumers want really complex flavors, preparations with smoking or toasting or pickling, uh, and bartenders that are putting those into the live presentation of the cocktails. Those are going to drive the cocktail scene in early 2019. Well, if you want to, you can get a start on some of these trends early for New Year's Eve, or you know, you might just see them popping up in uh, and all over the cocktail world in 2019. But either way, it's it's fun to look ahead and see what things we might be talking about on Cast Club Radio in the year to come. Speaking of unique trends, up next on Cast Club Radio, we are going to talk to our friends over at Mopop. They have a pretty unique way to watch a movie involving some drinks that you won't want to miss out on. It's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Right now, we are joined by Jason Porter, Director of the Programs and Education Department at Mopop. Jason, how are you? I'm doing really well, thanks. Thanks so much for uh, taking time to chat with us today. For for people who are unfamiliar with what Mopop is, can you can you explain? Sure. Uh, Mopop, or the Museum of Pop Culture, is a museum located in Seattle Center, and um, we explore through exhibits and programs all sorts of facets of popular culture, from music to science fiction to horror, and we really run the gamut, and so the diversity of offerings here is pretty vast, and uh, we like to say that there's something for everyone. Absolutely. We, you know, we talked a little bit. This is the time of year when people are really getting their families together. You've got people coming in from out of town. And and that also creates a diverse situation where you've got a lot of like different interests. What is it about Mopop that something somebody everybody can find something they like? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think that we sort of take for granted that, you know, pop culture is around us all the time. And we, you know, spend our evenings and and weekends and some of us all day long, you know, really engaged with it, whether it's playing video games or watching your favorite series that you're binging or going to the movies. And we kind of think that it's maybe fluffy, but, you know, what we like to find is ways into thinking about and talking about these popular culture um, properties, whether it's horror movies or 
science fiction TV series from the 80s and 90s. But there's like a lot to think about and a lot to learn about, um, both, you know, commentary on what's happening in in our in our politics or in our society um, to thinking about the creators who make these products and, and how and how much goes into creating fantasy worlds or creating a new planet or creating a new species of creatures um, and that that creativity could could at some on some level inspire us to think about maybe creating our own worlds or writing our own stories or whatever it is. Um, so we try to take a, you know, a deep dive into these aspects of pop culture that we explore in our galleries. And I love that. I mean, part of Mopop's mission statement talks about inspiring and connecting communities. And I really, and everything you just said there, that's exactly the impression I get. Whether your community is your family, then you can find ways to connect with them at Mopop or finding ways to connect with the other people in attendance. Uh, speaking of which, I, I have to ask you about some of these cool events that you've got one is happening tonight. One is happening tomorrow. But you guys do you do some movie screenings. Yeah, we do. And, and, you know, we try to make the experience of screening a movie because movies are so available. You don't really have to leave your couch to, you know, to, to, to watch your favorite movies. But we try to make these real experiences. And because of our space, like the screening that we have tonight of Die Hard, which is its 30th anniversary, will be in our Sky Church space, which has the, I think it's the world's largest LED screen. And it's just a beautiful space to see a film. Um, and we always do really fun program elements to go along with the theme of the movie. So there'll be special cocktails and snack options, and there'll be a photo op and a gift booth. And there's often trivia um, games that go along with the movie for the real diehard, excuse the expression, fans of the <laughs> of the film with prizes. And, and we also often have some of our partners um, in town who are, um, you know, connected to the movie in some way, join us um, to table or to um, talk about what the work that they are doing is. And it just really becomes a fun opportunity to get with people who are also super fans of whatever the film is to like watch it together. There's a lot of like lip syncing lines (laughs) that happens at these screenings. Um, And, you know, I think the other thing about the Die Hard screening that's really fun is it's part of our Camp Out Cinema series, which is basically the kind of transformation of this indoor space into like an outdoor campsite. And so... Um, people bring their pillows and sleeping bags, oh, wow. um, and we we loan out big inflatables and special <laughs> blankets and things like that so people can um, have a comfortable place to sit and watch the movie as if they're out under the stars, you know, at a, at a campsite. Um, so it makes for a really fun, um, relaxed uh, way to, to view a movie. I love With that. cocktail, too. I love that. Exactly. This is yeah. uh, bringing the outdoor movie indoors when the weather is, you know, not so great. I love it. That's right. That's Lydia right. mentioned just before we got started that you guys are also kind of settling a little bit of a debate by kind of making this a holiday screening because there's a big debate whether Die Hard yes. is a holiday movie it's or not. heated. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because when Die Hard was released, it was released in the summer, even though mm-hmm. the, the movie itself takes place um, during a Christmas party. So we figured it was more of a holiday movie than than you might think. And uh, it seemed like kind of counter programming to all of the Grinching and, yes. you know, yeah. before Christmasing that that goes on um, around town and a fun opportunity with it being turning 30 um, to, to screen it again here at Mopop. I love it. So tonight, 21 and over and, and sounds like 
if you're a die, I, I just can't say it now. <laughs> yeah, I can't resist. Yeah, if, can't you're, resist. if you are a big fan of this movie, that you need to be there. If if people aren't looking for the 21 and over environment, tomorrow you also have another cult classic that is holiday yeah. themed. That uh, it sounds pretty cool. You can bring the whole family too. Yeah, that's right. Um, we're screening Home Alone, which is obviously another holiday classic with an edge, um, but it's really fun for the whole family. And this is part of our series that takes place in our in our theater space. And the screening is free with admission, though um, we ask that people kind of RSVP for the screening by signing up online to get tickets. And similarly, there'll be um, some additional programming and photo op. Doors are at 1.30 for the 2 o'clock screening on Sunday. So, you know, just go online and advance and, and reserve your spot. And if you have reserved, uh, you can get in a little bit early to make sure that you have great seats. And we're doing a special video playlist before the screening that'll have a lot of really fun classic shorts that are going to be fun to watch. So make sure that you get there early. Oh, that yeah, that's good incentive to not procrastinate, to, to get online <laughs> right. and make your reservation and then also just be there early. That's right. And you get the whole rest of the museum open, all of the galleries. Um, you can explore the Marvel um, exhibit that we have or the, our new Pearl Jam exhibit, um, all of our core galleries from Hendrix to Fantasy to science fiction, everything will be open. So it'll it'll be a great way to spend the day at the museum. I'm geeking out, nerding out, just hearing uh, some of those exhibits. Can you tell us a little bit more about, uh, we just had a friend that went to Marvel, Mar- the Marvel exhibit and uh-huh. loved it. And I'm so jealous of all of his photos. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that one? Sure. Marvel Universe of Superheroes um, is an exhibit that we opened last spring, and it's only here for a few more months. And um, it really explores the history of Marvel from the earliest um, comic creators to the current batch of um, films that have been coming out, you know, a couple times a year. And um, it really looks at the way in which the company uh, was among the first to sort of explore the diversity of superheroes and different types of people becoming superheroes and the different ways in which they depict you know, kind of misfit characters coming together to do good in the world. Oh, it's so neat. When we started this off by talking about, you know, pop culture as a reflection of the time period, I really Mm -hmm. feel like comic books, there's nothing quite like comic books and how much they reflected what was going on with the zeitgeist and what was going Mm -hmm. on in, in politics, in culture. So I can only imagine this is a amazing exhibit. You mentioned earlier, though, obviously Seattle, huge music culture here, and you have two exhibits. Well, actually three, right? One traveling. Mm -hmm. But um, can you talk just a little bit about the the music exhibits that feature some Seattle artists? Yeah. I mean, the the museum really originated as 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 a space to celebrate music. And so we have, over the years, you know, really kind of leaned into always offering as much music as possible. And currently we have a number of exhibits. One is, of course, um, an exhibit that's been here since the opening, which is called Sound Lab, and it's an interactive space to kind of learn how to play various kinds of instruments. You can record yourself singing. You can play chords along with Nirvana. You can um, do all sorts of things in that space, and it's really wonderful for families. Um, and then our Hendrix exhibit is uh, a, a look at the traveling that Hendrix did uh, during the course of his career going all over the world. And there's all sorts of really wonderful objects in there that if people have a uh, connection to Hendrix, who's, as you, as you said, is, is a 
you know, as a local um, born and raised in the Central District. Um, and there are just some incredible iconic um, objects in that gallery. It's really fun to, to check out. Um, then we have had a Nirvana exhibit here for the last number of years, and we just reinstalled it last year. It had been in Brazil, and it came back to us. And um, that really takes a look at Nirvana as a band in the context of the punk movement. And um, since we created the exhibit in partnership with members of the band, there's so much really amazing personal stuff, like the Chris Novoselic's uh, record collection and wow. little tiny cassette tapes that we don't even use anymore, of, like <laughs> the first recordings of significant songs. So it's really a very um, personal and, and um, like I said before, a deep dive into that band. And then our newest music exhibit um, is Pearl Jam Home and Away, which we opened this past August when the band did those shows at CenturyLink, which wow. were uh, to benefit the or to combat uh, homelessness in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, they you know, kicked open the doors of their archive in their warehouse down in Georgetown and just unloaded everything into our space. So it's got all sorts of, you know, artwork and stage sets and um, instruments and clothing uh, and concert posters and handwritten lyric sheets um, and just everything. Um, so it's really just a, a huge comprehensive look at that band's, you know, now going on 30 plus year uh, career making music. Um, and it's a really, it's a really fun, colorful, um, kind of explosive exhibit to check out. Yeah, if you're a Seattle native, you can't not, I mean, there's no way to not be excited about those names that you heard here and getting such a personal look at them. It's exactly what we talked about, which is there's something for everyone at Mopop. That's right. That's right. So come on down. That's perfect. We want to make sure people get down to Die Hard tonight or Home Alone tomorrow if they can check out because it's such a unique experience. Where can people go? Just remind them one more time, the website. Yeah, it's just uh, mopop.org and uh, everything is really easy to find on our website. So all the information is there. Check it out. Thank you, Jason. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. We loved love talking. Thanks very much. All right, coming up next on Cast Club Radio, we have Distiller Dane joining us for his last top five of 2018. And we also have a perfect cocktail either for your holiday celebration or for New Year's. That's coming up next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. In a few minutes, we've got a great cocktail for you to try around the holidays. But first, one of our favorite people ever, Distiller Dane on the line. What's up, dude? Not too much. How are you guys doing? Good. Are you uh, doing okay with all your holiday shopping and not getting too hectic with that? Uh, I'm a, a little last minute on a few things, but okay. I'll, I'll probably get it wrapped up today or tomorrow, just in time. Perfect. Just in time. In the meantime, you've got another great top five for us as well, right? I do. Perfect. Start us off. All right. Number one on my list, uh, I was recently at a get-together, a little holiday get-together, and someone brought in this almond sparkling wine or almond champagne. Ooh. Have you guys Ooh. heard of this or no. had the chance to try it yet? No. No, it's, uh, it's delicious. It's, it's a nice, light, sparkling wine or champagne, and it kind of tastes like a, has a little bit of the inside of an almond croissant in there. And it's made by uh, Wilson Creek Winery, and they actually refer to it as their Oh My Gosh Sparkling Wine, because every time <laughs> people try it, they say, Oh My Gosh. 
That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds delicious. Yeah. I, I haven't seen anything like it, but uh, it's available at some of like the larger um, liquor stores around here, so you can definitely get your hands on them and bring them to your holiday parties when your friends and family are in town. Perfect. That'd be one that I'd buy to give as a gift to other people and then just end up keeping it for myself, but I like it. <laughs> what is number two? Number two, especially on these colder days, I'm kind of a sucker for, you know, some comfort food or Southern-style food. And I recently found a new place in Tacoma, and it's called Pacific Southern. And they have all the classics like hush puppies, fried catfish, oh, shrimp and grits, <laughs> uh, jambalaya. And they actually have some award-winning chicken and waffles, and they are not messing around with it by any means. And it's actually won some bigger awards than some of the main places even in the Seattle area. And it is very impressive. Oh, yeah. Nice. Mouth-watering just thinking about it. Do they have a compressed fire log that tastes like waffles and chicken? Like our friends at KFC. <laughs> Smells they it. might be burning some in there over the holidays. It's cold out for a little aroma. <laughs> all right. Number three. Uh, number three, going on, especially all this weekend and going into Christmas, even Christmas, is the holiday movies. And this is the time where they are playing on TV nonstop, 24 hours a day. And it's not just like the cheesy Lifetime and Hallmark ones, <laughs> but they're the ones that come on every year. Do you guys have any favorite ones that you watch every year? Home Alone is yeah, one of my Home Alone favorites. is up there. I love Christmas in Connecticut. And then also Die Hard. <laughs> it's a classic. That <laughs> is a debate. Mine's always Christmas you, vacation. Yeah. It's a heated debate. We are, uh, you, you should see, you should start the family debate at Christmas about whether or not Die Hard is actually, in fact, a Christmas movie or not and see what the response is. Well, we just found out, according to Mopop, that it is. Yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> One of the biggest arguments against it is that it came out in in June or July, and that but there's Miracle on 34th Street did as well. So did Christmas in Connecticut, and uh, uh, there's another one that came out is in August as well. So that that argument doesn't hold any water. That's right. That's yeah. right. Number four. Number four on my list is Sierra Nevada's Resilience IPA. Have you guys mm, seen yes. or heard about the story involved with this? No. Yeah. Yep. I've only had regular Sierra yeah, Nevada. It, no, it's it's a, it's kind of an amazing thing. So Sierra Nevada, they are located in one of the counties that was recently devastated by the Northern California fires. So they shared their IPA recipe for this Resilience IPA. And there are now over 1,400 breweries across the country and a few even overseas who are all brewing and serving the spear. Um, I think they started releasing them like last week and all during this week so you can go into local breweries and uh, try them. And uh, most or even all the proceeds being collected are going in to support the disaster relief of the fly of the fires that happened. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's there are really cool. there are multiple breweries in and around the, the Pacific Northwest that are participating in this, including our very own Wet Coast Brewing Company in Gig Harbor, and uh, they're very proud to be participating. So, kudos to the folks yeah. at Sierra Nevada and the fourteen hundred plus breweries around the U.S. Uh, who are participating to help make things a little better this uh, holiday season for those folks in California. Number five. Number five on my list is holiday gift wrapping. It just happened to be a little extra fun this year. I'm normally not too into it, and I've always kind of grown up with like the same two types of wrapping paper and one color of bows. Maybe you had some interesting to and from stickers. But I wrapped gifts over at my in-laws this year, and they have this huge closet full of bins organized by materials and colors and styles. And I guess I could just say I got a little carried away with it this year. <laughs> That's awesome. So when you Shed. had all the all the different options at your disposal, you got a little more excited about it. Yeah, and it, it looks a little more like I was back in third grade learning how to wrap <laughs> presents for the first time. But uh, some of them kind of have a little modern Art Deco vibe going on to them. <laughs> Love it. Got take some pictures and share them with us, please. <laughs> all right, we'll do.
Well, perfect. All right. Dane, thank you so much for another great top five, uh, possibly our last top five of 2018. So uh, thank you, my friend. I hope you have an amazing holiday. All right. Have a happy holidays to all of you as well. Perfect. Thanks. Talk to you in 2019. All right. Bye. Well, speaking of wrapping up 2018 on a high note, this will be our final show of the year and the last time we get to talk to you. So we have a great cocktail ready for all of your holiday party needs, be they Christmas or New Year's. Justin, what is our final uh, cocktail recipe of 2018? This is a riff on the French 75. We call this Vanilla 75. This requires our uh, heritage distilling vanilla vodka, vanilla flavored vodka, some fresh lemon juice and a little bit of champagne or sparkling wine. Yes. Yeah, simple ingredients for this, and sounds already pretty celebratory. Yeah, so take two ounces of the vanilla-flavored vodka and a quarter ounce of the freshly squeezed lemon juice. Put those in a glass together, preferably a champagne flute. Uh, Give it a quick stir to make sure they mix up properly, and then top the rest off with champagne. Very easy, very simple, and uh, beautifully balanced. Got the bubbly, a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of tartness, and uh, just a great overall cocktail and very easy to make for Christmas or New Year's. Perfect, yeah, it's... uh as we've talked about, French 75 is one of Maura and I's favorites, so a little riff on it never hurt anyone either. <laughs> That's this, right. That's right. This recipe uh, will be available at heritagedistilling.com, as always, where you can check out any of these news stories as well. You've got links to download the podcast. And uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody for listening in 2018, for being a part of this adventure with us. It's been awesome, and I'm really grateful for both of you two, Justin and Maura. This has been been a fun ride so far. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. Thank you both. This is now we're going to be heading into our second year of doing this. And the response we've gotten from listeners is tremendous. And more and more, and I'm out and about or in the tasting room or just out of meetings, I have people walking up saying, hey, I heard your show last week for the first time, or I listened to it, or I downloaded it or whatever. So we really appreciate that. And, and more importantly, we appreciate people planning ahead this holiday season to make sure they don't drink and drive and that they are safe so that they yeah. can continue to download and listen to more of our shows in 2019. So everybody make good decisions please. Yes. Be be safe, be happy, be merry, and we will talk to you in 2019. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling. Check us out on MyNorthwest.com to learn more and catch up on past episodes. Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling.